Hello and welcome to episode two of Let's Go, the Pelham House Resort podcast. I'm your host, John McCarthy. I'm here today on a stormy Monday on Cape Cod. And we're very fortunate today to have another Pelham House team member join us. Um, our team member that got selected today is our executive pastry chef, Patty Ann Curtin. Um, Patty Ann started with us in the fall um, and has been here ever since. And Patty Ann, welcome to episode two of Let's Go. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> um, a lot of us call you PA. Is it okay at times for me to call you PA on this podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Where did you get that nickname? Um, my aunt gave it to me uh, when I was going to high school because everyone used to call me Patty, which I, I've never been Patty. So she said, you've got to start going by PA because it's shorter. <laughs> I love it. That's it. Awesome. So... What I'd like to start with um, is I'd like to find out a little bit about how you first decided to get into culinary, specifically pastry, kind of how it all started. Could you take us through in a few minutes about um, maybe the start of your passion there, high school, college? Maybe tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so I always liked baking, um, but unlike a lot of people, I love my family, but I don't have any <laughs> really good bakers or cooks in my family. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really have that. I kind of always had to teach myself uh, anything I wanted to do, um, which was always fun. And um, there was a lot of trial and error. <laughs> uh, so and when I was in high school deciding on colleges, um, I, I had a hard time deciding where I wanted to go because I didn't know what I wanted to major in. Um, and I always thought of like cake decorating or baking as a job, but wasn't really sure if it was, uh, if it was feasible as like an actual career. Cause I didn't know anybody that, that did that. Yes. Um, so I actually went to community college right out of high school and I saw, uh, I was registering for classes there and I saw a brochure for the culinary program at the community college. So I decided to sign up for a couple of those classes just to see how it went. And then from there, I decided to go to culinary school. So um, I got a job in a kitchen, started to kind of learn the ropes there and decided that it was really what I wanted to do. I loved going to class every day and uh, it was really fun and exciting and rewarding. So I decided to go that path. Did you get the job in the kitchen while you were in college? I did. Yeah. It was right before I started my culinary classes. Uh, someone had advised me that I should get a job in a kitchen first to see if it was really what I wanted to do, which was great advice because it is, <laughs> it is an interesting environment. Absolutely. So did is, was your culinary school four years? Um, well, I went to that. I went to the Culinary Institute of America after community college. Okay. So, and it was a bachelor's degree in three years, so a three-year program. Wow. So, let's let's go on a little bit of journey past that. So, CIA Culinary Institute. You mm -hmm. graduate from there. What happens next? 
Um, I, I really liked the Hudson Valley. You know, I, I grew up in the lower Hudson Valley. Um, so being in upstate New York was, uh, not too far from home. So I decided to stay around there for a while. Um, and I got a job as, uh, the pastry chef of a catering company in New Paltz, New York. So it's right across the river from, uh, from the Culinary Institute. And I started, um, I was the only person in their, uh, pastry department basically. Um, and they're a really well-known catering company in the area. They do lots of um, events for colleges in the surrounding areas, a lot of weddings. Um, so it was a small company, but had grown a really good clientele and client base. So they did catering, but we also had a, a little marketplace. So I did all the desserts for both um, aspects of that business. So after two years of that, was that when you went to the Cape or was there more in between? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, actually took a job on the Cape just because I wanted to work in a hotel. Um, and I wanted just to gain that experience after school. Um, so I was actually going to come and do kind of the seasonal thing that everybody does on Cape. Um, and I was at my job at um, Chatham bars Inn for probably two weeks before I was offered the position of a sous chef. Um, so I, did a tasting for them. And then I ended up staying there for uh, almost seven years, <laughs> six and a half years. So, so at Chatham bars, how many, how many, were you always the same position there? I was, yeah. The pastry sous chef for six and a half years. Wow. So your pastry sous chef for six and a half years, was it a big pastry department at Chatham bars in? It was, we had, um, the executive pastry chef, myself, and one other sous chef just in the pastry department alone. Um, And we had, in the busy season, a staff of about 12 to 14 people in the highest uh, business. Would you have any idea roughly on how many like cakes that you would be involved (laughs) in in a particular year? Um, I get that question a lot. I think the... um, if we're just talking about wedding cakes, I think the record year was 80 in a season. Um, But if we're talking about all cakes, I couldn't even begin to count because we did a lot of uh, special order cakes as well. So (laughs) I have no idea. So so CBI, Chatham Bar's in for six or seven years. And this fall, um, obviously Chef Dan communicates with me and eventually decides to join Team Pelham, and you have a relationship with Chef Dan, and he tells you a little bit about us, and you come and meet me, and we have some kind of uh, some meetings and some slash interviews. Can you tell me about kind of what led you to the Pelham and why you eventually took this next step? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I felt like I was at the point... Um, where I, I was looking for a new opportunity and something, uh, a little, a, a little change of pace. Um, I really enjoyed my time, um, at Chatham Bars Inn and I grew very close to a lot of the people there. Um, we had great working relationships and it was a tough decision to leave there, but I was ready for, 
to take the next step in my career. Um, and I really loved the feel of the Pelham. I felt like everyone there was part of like a big happy family and we were going to tackle this thing together and do everything that needed to be done together as a team. Um, I also liked that it was, it was new, it was fresh and modern and um, kind of a, an upscale casual, which is kind of more what I relate to than a classic uh, upscale, I guess. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm going to change pace a tidy bit and start to shift a little bit into getting to know you a little bit different. Um, what do you think um, may be a unique skill that you, that has helped you become successful? Um, I, I know I'm not afraid to work hard. Uh, yep. Long days, long hours, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, uh, ever back down from a, I guess a, a long work day. So I think that's helped me grow um, in every job I've ever had. I I never left until the job was done. Would that be part of some advice that you would give to someone that might be entering into culinary or pastry specifically? Would Would something along the lines of kind of understanding that those hours are going to be um, pretty yeah. intense. Would this yeah. be, would that be one of your biggest pieces of advice that you would give someone? Absolutely. I mean, I, I have given some, you know, some people have come to me over the years, uh, seeking advice. And that is actually the number one thing I tell them that, um, it's not for the faint of heart. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> you, you have to go in understanding that you're going to miss, um, you know, family events, you're going to miss holidays. Um, but that if what you're doing makes you happy that, um, you know, a 16 hour shift on Christmas day, uh, in the end, it's actually worth it. You know, it, it's hard to wrap your brain around as a young kid thinking how different it will be. But, um, if, if you're happy there, 16 hours is nothing. <laughs> Are you telling me that you have had 16 hour days on Christmas? Absolutely. <laughs> Wow. And I think anybody can relate to that. It might not be Christmas, but Thanksgiving or Easter or, you know, every chef has probably had a very, very long holiday shift. <laughs> All right. If there was another profession other than other than your pastry world, what mm -hmm. would you like to attempt? Um, I think I'd like to be in construction. What like, part uh, of construction? Um, really any part. Um, I love doing projects around my house, but like, you know, remodeling, building stuff, carpentry, uh, maybe not electric and plumbing because that <laughs> kind of scares me a little bit. But yes. um, anything like carpentry and construction related is really interests me. I think that I've seen and talked that you are originally from Yonkers. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I've always loved that city name. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Um, about Yonkers growing up yeah. there? Yeah. Yep. Uh, sure. So both of my parents grew up in Yonkers. Um, my dad was a Yonkers cop for his whole career. So um, 
I don't know, sorry, dad, I think it was probably 30 years or so close to. Um, but uh, so my whole family was always there. We had, because my dad was so involved in, uh, in the city, we had a lot of um, good experiences going to parades and um, it's, it's a big city. I think it's the second largest city in New York. Um, wow. I didn't ne- next to New York city. Um, but it, it's, it's a really cool place to grow up. You feel like you're in a city, but there are, you know, we're technically the suburbs, but it's a, you know, a 30 minute ride into Manhattan on the train. So we went down to the city all the time growing yeah. up. And so we had exposure of kind of the best of both worlds. We were in a city, but far enough removed that, um, we grew up in the suburbs. So, um, I liked it. <laughs> you sound pretty fond of it. Yeah. What is your go-to order at your favorite hometown or Cape Cod restaurant? Do you have one? Oh, that's tough. Um, <laughs> right now I, I really love like Mexican food. I'm kind of a, like really good, like almost authentic, uh, Mexican food. So on Yeho in there's two locations of Añejo, one in Hyannis, one in Falmouth. Those are probably my favorite restaurants and any dish that has pork in it is usually my go-to. Do you have, a, do you have currently have a drink of choice? Hmm. Uh, anything with bourbon in it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> if you could be any animal in the world, what animal would it be and why? An animal. Yep. Um, hmm. I want to say tiger, but I know with all this Tiger King stuff going around, that's probably <laughs> a strange answer. I love it. But um, I don't know. I always love tigers. They just, they're so elegant, but, you know, they're tough too. Um, and they kind of, keep to themselves. And I don't know. I think I'd want to be a tiger. <laughs> I'd say that's a good answer. Your Instagram has some amazing photos of cakes, desserts. I saw a picture of a rowboat. Can, do, do you remember it? Can you tell me a little bit about it? Have you been on it? Uh, the rowboat? Yes. Yes. So that's actually our rowboat. Um, my husband, he's a big fisher, fisherman. Um, okay. So he, he bought that rowboat, I think when he was, I don't know, 18 and it sat in his parents' backyard for years and they finally wanted it out of there. So they strapped it to the hood of their, uh, to the top of their van and drove it down to us, uh, down here on Cape Cod. They say, they said, now you live near water, you can have this boat (laughs) and get it out of our yard. So, um, we take it out every once in a while. We have a little trolling motor, um, so we don't necessarily have to row. Um, and he fishes and I kind of just sit back and, and watch. <laughs> Do you go, um, to multiple different places with it or usually just the same spot? Uh, we usually go to the same spot, like Fallen's Pond, Bass River, just cause that's near our house. So okay. it's easy to get to. I saw a picture of you skiing back in the day. Is that a common <laughs> hobby? And do you still do it? Um, I, Grew up skiing. I learned to ski when I was, I think I was five. Um, and we used to go every winter. And unfortunately, since probably, I think seven years ago or so, that was probably the last time I went. 
Um, so I do have all the equipment, but it's probably rusty because <laughs> it hasn't been used in a while. But I, I do love skiing. Um, I love the uh, sporty nature of it, the coordination that it takes. And you're kind of alone, kind of coming down the slopes. It's, it's fun. It's relaxing and exciting. So hopefully one what, day I'll get back out there. <laughs> what are... Um... Was there a few different mountains that you would go to more than others? Um, a couple. I mean, my my dad was a big skier, so he took us any chance he got. So um, we would go to upsca- upstate New York. Um, I think like Gore Mountain we went to a couple times. We would go to the uh, – so really just – in New England, mostly. I've never skied outside of New England. And New York. Have you ever skied a black diamond? Yes, I have. Um, I can't say the first time I did it, it was on purpose. Um, <laughs> but it it worked. I made it down to the bottom. So <laughs> I love it. Um, can you tell me about do you have a passion or a real like for flowers? I saw a few pictures from a while ago involving some different flower arrangements on Facebook. Is uh, is there something that intrigues you about flowers? Was that just happened to be a period of time where there are a couple of nice pictures? Like where does that fall? <laughs> I, I do love flowers. Um, I wish I had more of a green thumb so I could grow flowers. Um, <laughs> but I, I just love like going to gardens and whenever I'm, uh, in a new city or something, if I can get the opportunity to go on like a garden tour or something like that. I love, um, seeing flowers that grow in other climates other than ours, uh, and taking pictures of them just because it's like the most perfect beauty, I think in nature, it's our flowers. So I think if I'm ever (laughs) too, uh, if I, if I get old and I can't work in the kitchen anymore, maybe I'll be a florist. <laughs> I love it. Um, when it comes to one of your favorite things to do on Cape Cod, you might have already said it in our conversations, but it, um, what what would you list as maybe like other than other than your pastry and hanging mm-hmm. out with your husband and stuff like that? What would be one of your what would you list as your favorite thing to do on Cape? Um, I, I mean, Cape Cod has so much history and there's so many, um, like little old shops and, uh, farmers markets and antique shops. I, I really like to do that. Um, kind of just stroll around and look to see, I, I don't usually buy that much stuff, but I just like to walk around and, and see what, what there is <laughs> in shops. Do- do you do you hit any of the bike trails, any of the walking trails? Is that something that you've um, that you do much of? Um, yeah, the rail trail is not a not a far walk from my house, so I, I do like uh, to go out there. Unfortunately, the summers in Cape Cod is when I'm busiest at work usually, so yes. um, I don't get out that much as much as I'd like to. <laughs> Does your summer summer schedule? Um, also affect whether you'd, uh, be someone that would go to the beach a lot is, is the beach something that you enjoy? Yeah, I do like the beach. Um, but yeah, it is definitely affected by my, 
my schedule. Um, I don't get it, get there as often as I like. So usually some on a, if I have a day off in the summer and it's really just a perfect day for the beach, I'll make sure I wake up early and get there. <laughs> as we kind of shift to our final gear here, I wanted to talk a little bit more in uh, specifically about the Pelham and the culinary department. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your thoughts so far with Chef Dan and you, your experience um, at the Pelham so far? You mentioned construction and enjo- like enjoying that. So you've got to see <laughs> some of this major construction going on. But at the yeah, same time, you and Chef Dan building a culinary department. Can you tell tell our listeners a little bit about um, what you think about your first four, five, six months um, at the Pelham House off-season? Sure. Um, well, I do have to say that being basically on a construction site every day was quite exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I'm really lucky to have this opportunity to build kind of a culinary program from the ground up. And um, I'm lucky that I have Chef Dan to work with. Um, I've worked with him before. So we kind of have a good relationship that we can um, troubleshoot and kind of talk through lots of different, um, lots of different things and figure out what's going to work best for us as a team and um, for Pelham House as a resort uh, as a whole. So Um, it's, it's been really fun. A lot of really cool collaborative meetings, um, amongst the team. And we've just been exploring all the possibilities (laughs) at which are countless. So, um, it's really exciting and I can't wait for the summer to come and kind of to roll out all of the menus we've been working on and, uh, and just to have that rooftop open and to be serving our food to happy customers in, you know, the coolest venue on the Cape. So um, it's been an awesome adventure so far. In episode one with Chris Carlson, we talked a little bit about um, obviously the rooftop and he told us a little bit about what he thought the vibe would be up there. Mm -hmm. Um, Could you tell um, everyone a little bit about how many outlets we're going to have here for food and beverage. Um, not You don't have to go into specific necessarily mm-hmm. about all of obviously the food, but can you give our listeners a sense of like how many outlets we're going to have available for people to be able to get food and beverage? And that includes the public. Yeah, absolutely. So we're trying to create a couple different vibes, I guess. Um, so we obviously will have the rooftop um, which is just going to be, you know, like Chris said, it's almost like you're on a boat, you, just the unobstructed views of the water, um, just an awesome environment. So, um, we obviously have that rooftop, but we're also trying to create a different environment in the lobby. Um, that has been, uh, the, the main food and beverage, um, in the past there at the Pelham house. So yep. we're trying to maintain that, but, kind of change it a little bit. So um, ideally the lobby would be kind of a comfortable loungy cocktail place where you can go and kind of uh, kick back, share some food and drinks with friends and um, 
in a little more of a cozy, closed environment. Um, and then the pool, obviously, hopefully will be, um, you know, one of the, one of the most, uh, one of the best attractions there um, for people to hang out during the day at the beach and the pool. So we're just going to be providing people with food there. Um, hopefully just to round out that experience of hanging out by the pool all day, having great food, great drinks. For the general public and our leisure hotel guests who get to stay at the Pelham house or our general public that just come to enjoy the food and beverage. Um, what are a couple things that they might see in the pastry area on the menu? <laughs> um, on the rooftop, uh, I'd really like to have, you know, I love to create desserts that are kind of a, a spin on the classic, you know, classic flavors that um, people are uh, familiar with and that are approachable uh, and kind of manipulate them just a little bit so that there's something fresh and new. Um, but like I said, still approachable. So, I mean, we take, hopefully we'll take classics like cheesecake and, uh, chocolate cake and creme brulee and just put a little spin on them uh, to make them a little more intriguing, but still approachable. I love it. In regards to our future events slash weddings, would you expect that, that our pastry department um, would be able to produce um, the desserts and cakes for almost every one of these events that would so desire? Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, um, you said, uh, you mentioned in my Instagram, I mean, I, I love to do wedding cakes. So, you know, we're going to be one of the best wedding venues around. So um, doing those wedding cakes, I would absolutely love that opportunity. Um, and, you know, creating a, a dessert buffet for whether it's a, a conference like with a company or a wedding or a family reunion um i think it's it's really fun to create uh memories through food so having a really cool dessert buffet i i really look forward to that that's great um so we're gonna wrap it up um we we are obviously tremendously excited um to have everything that's going on in the country start to hopefully get back to a little, a little bit of normalcy. Um, <laughs> as you know, we've decided to do certain things, this podcast being one of them just to kind of keep, um, keep the Pelham house and some of what we're doing and some, uh, some of who the team is, um, kind of out there. And I find it, um, I think it's going to be pretty, exciting for some of our, um, some of our wedding guests and some of our, uh, leisure guests and all these people to kind of get to know our team a little bit better. Um, so I want to thank UPA very much for coming on. And, um, I know that everybody, um, our team was excited to hear a little bit more about you on the podcast. And I think that, would you um, be opposed to any, any of our listeners um, checking out your Instagram page? Uh, is that something that you're all right with, with them yeah, checking absolutely. out your cakes? 
What is your Instagram tag? Um, it's underscore Patty Ann 21 underscore. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there, there you have it, everybody. You can go check out executive pastry chef Patty Ann and her, all of her Instagram desserts and cakes. Um, it's coming to the Pelham house soon this summer. And we thank everybody for taking the time again to listen to this podcast. We have some new and exciting um, things that will hopefully be coming to this podcast coming soon. A few of the partners um, at the Pelham, I'm the managing partner, but a few of my partners um, will be bringing them on to discuss maybe how this whole thing came about over the last couple of years and give you a little history about um, how Pelham House 2.0, uh, 2020 and beyond started. Um, as well as in the next couple of weeks, you'll continue to meet other team members. So for PA and John McCarthy, we're signing off and thanking everybody. And we hope that you stay healthy and safe. Thank you. Thanks, PA. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.